Hi, and welcome back to our latest episode of our Flurry podcast. Please hit the subscribe button. We're here today talking with the, the founder of Flurry, Brian Platts, and our objective uh, with the channel is to take a, a topic around blockchain and put together kind of a, a short, digestible, five-minute overview of that topic. So today, um, Brian, I've not been in the blockchain space for a terribly long time, but you quickly get to this idea of permissioned versus permissionless uh, blockchains and uh -huh. kind of their, their various applications. So I'm wondering if you can maybe just take a few minutes and walk us through kind of those two camps, if you will, and maybe highlight some of the differences. Some of the, you know, this is a, it's a really interesting topic because there's a bit of passion still about this yes. uh, amongst some people. Um, and I think the, the passion from them ends up being that, is a blockchain really a blockchain if it's in a permission network? Right. And of course, I, I absolutely think it is uh, because I think a lot of the benefits that people are looking to get are still there. But the, really the key difference between these two is that in a permissioned blockchain, or we often call it federated blockchain in FlurryDB, um, you know the participants that are going to be authorizing or participating in consensus and basically validating the transactions mm -hmm. that they're happening. In a permissionless blockchain, like a Bitcoin or an Ethereum, um, you do not know the participants ahead of time. Right. And by not knowing the participants ahead of time, it actually changes a good amount of the engineering that goes into the consensus mechanism. Um, the, the really nice thing about uh, a typical consensus that we use all the time in our databases or any sort of distributed computing is that those are all permissioned. We know the participants up front, and we can allow consensus to happen based on majority. So, you know, once 51%, or depending on what you're looking for, say that something is valid, then you know it's valid. A, a permissionless blockchain, because you're not restricting the network, network participants, what is 51% of unknown? It's unknown. Right. Yeah. So it takes you into a whole different area. And this is why I think even Bitcoin, which really initially tackled this, but tackled it with technologies we've been using for a long time, just combine them together in a way that allowed uh, essentially leadership, which is an important characteristic of any consensus model, who's the leader, kind of the single writer mentality, uh, est can establish leadership where you do not know the participants at all. Um, so that's, that's the key difference from an engineering standpoint. From a practical standpoint, um, why would you use one or the other? It really happens around data relevancy. Like, is the data that you're trying to manage relevant to just a handful of parties? And, and if the answer is yes, why would you want to put it out there for more? Why do more than those parties need to participate? Um, and then probably data privacy is the other thing, is, is maybe you feel like that data is sensitive enough, you don't want it out there for the general public. Um, but you do, it is data that's being shared amongst these multiple parties. Um, either way, either public or private, you still get a lot of amazing characteristics that blockchain has to offer. So I don't think you lose that much by choosing one or the other, it's just a matter of your application and what you're looking for. Okay, so if I'm a, uh, 
if I have an application today that's that's uh, and, and I'm I'm drawn to incorporating some of the value propositions of of blockchain. How do you start making that evaluation as a as an, uh, a developer today? So you've already got a solution; it's already out there. You're you see the value in what blockchain brings. How do you kind of step into that world? Yeah, and that value is usually bringing integrity around data, and either one of these is going to accomplish that. Um, when you have it's, it's a matter of looking at the requirements and understanding probably those two aspects I talked about. Data relevancy. Is this information just relevant to a small group of participants? And that will definitely push you in one direction mm -hmm. or the other. And data privacy. Is there information in here that we don't want the world as a whole to see, but perhaps you know, we don't mind the group of participants actually seeing? Is there a philosophical component to that too, just to that end? Um, this notion of putting something out in the public? Um. I think so. You know, when you, when you look at the full public blockchains, and Bitcoin is a great example. I mean, the goal there is to disrupt the entire monetary system and have no control. Uh, no ability for any government to control it, no ability for banks to be in the middle of it, all these sort of uh, lofty objectives, um, which again, fantastic at achieving a lot of these things. So in order to accomplish that, you need complete transparency at a global scale because you're trying to solve a problem at a global level. Yeah. Um, so I think people who are very passionate about public blockchains are very passionate about the idea of not having institutions still have control over information and transactions. Um, but at the end of the day, businesses that are conducting commerce do need c some degree of control over those to do what they do. Um, so, uh, again, it depends on the application, but I think that's where some of the philosophical stuff gets into. Okay. Well, I feel like we just scratched the surface here, so maybe we'll do a, uh, a part two of permission versus permissionless uh, in a subsequent episode. But uh, thank you, Brian, and if you have questions, please leave them in the feedback below. And we'll see you on our next episode. Thanks.